It's a funny place to be, stuck in a seemingly mundane world with an inner knowing that the universe is so much more than our mortal minds can comprehend. Yet we all have the capacity to know peace and our oneness with the wholeness of life. And through these interviews, discussions, and reflections, it is my intention to share this possibility. I'm Ryan Kurzak, and this is the Kriya Yoga Podcast. All right, this is a this is going to take a little bit of thought. So let me. You mentioned yesterday that to be successful on this path, we can't live like everyone else. Is there a simple way to determine whether we are avoiding something, saying no to something due to an aversion to that thing, an attachment that may be unhelpful to spiritual progress, versus doing it simply because it isn't supportive of our Kriya practices and therefore not a priority to us? For instance, decline an invitation to go to a noisy bar or concert or spending time with immature dramatic people. There is a way to determine that, but I think most of the time it takes uh, experience. So that is why this path is, you have to try, you have to exper- experiment, you have to be, uh, you just have to try and, and see what happens. But most of the time there are qualities of life that if you sit down and think about it, will obviously contribute to clarity of awareness and there are things that don't. So most of the time it requires just being, taking a moment to reflect upon, is this necessary, is this useful, or do I have an aversion? And most of the time what I would say is, if you have a, if you have an inner gut response of fear or confusion, like you don't know what to do and it brings up like a tightness, like, ah, I'm just not sure what to do about this or I don't want to do this. Oftentimes that's indicative of an aversion. But as we talked about in regards to the qualities of being a disciple, having discernment, and having common sense goes a long way. <laughs> I remember Mr. Davis would always make a joke. He'd say, uh, the problem with common sense is it's not very common. <laughs> um, many, many times what gets in the way of knowing what is true and right about being on this Kriya Yoga path uh, deals with how we were raised and the obligations that have been put upon us and that we have accepted from other people. The example of going to a noisy bar or concert or spending time with immature dramatic people. Well, that's easy. Don't do it. Okay. Um, noisy bars and concerts more than likely are going to cause problems for you. Maybe you end up drinking. Maybe the noise will be too much and you can't meditate that well afterwards. Um, immature and dramatic people, that's uh, once you become, once you reach a certain level of maturity, you don't necessarily see them as immature or dramatic. 
you see them as doing their best. However, you don't have to spend your time with immature or dramatic people. The same thing happens uh, even when you're in a situation where you're in a, 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 a teaching role and people come to you and they, they, they tell you they sincerely want to learn. But the moment you start pointing out their immature or dramatic behavior, they recoil and lash out and you realize, okay, well, this isn't going to work if you're going to behave that way. It's like being in a school. And the way that you learn is the teacher is speaking. You do what the teacher says. Everyone's quiet. They learn. They move through it. Again, we're assuming that we have healthy-minded teachers, right? So we have to make a little bit of an assumption there. Um, but dramatic, immature people are people who are always pulling you into their drama, always pulling you into their problems. At some point in time, you have to say to them, look, you need to take care of yourself. You're not my responsibility. I love you. I see you in the highest light possible, but you have to take the steps to change this. I can't do it for you. If you sincerely need help, I will be here for you and I will help keep you moving forward, moving through this. Um, but I'm not going to do it if I'm always wrestling with you and fighting, fighting you throughout the whole process because that's just a waste of time. <clears throat> Okay, so now we get to the, the, the meat of it. Uh, make sense about obligations, good. I think that's probably a lot of it. 90% of these situations are due to me wanting to appease my wife and spend time with her and her friends, etc. Working on finding that balance and letting go of unnecessary guilt around that stuff, um, right? So here's where you just have to be very clear. And this is what I tell anyone I know who's getting in a relationship. <laughs> um, and um, I tell people from the very beginning of the relationship, you need to be adamantly clear about what you're about and what you're doing. You don't bend a little bit here and a little bit there just to make someone happy. You need to be yourself and express your, um, your goals and your, your, what you're going to be doing, what you're going to be like from the very beginning. That way, as the relationship develops, there won't be any question of, oh, well, you were so attentive before. You always did this stuff with me before, but now you're just so committed to work or you're so committed to your spiritual practice. Um, so if you don't start out that way, one of the things you have to do is back up a little bit and say, look, this is how we started. I love you. I love you very deeply. Um, and I'm happy to spend time with you and uh, support you and be with you. But I'm going to spend this amount of time every day meditating or studying spiritual things or doing my work nothing's going to get in the way of that and part of the reason that this is a problem is because we have an over dramatization of relationships we think relationships are supposed to be everything and it's because of tv and culture um, but really truly the the ideal of relationships is to be in supportive networks where you can count on each other and you can support each other in what is important to each other. And that respect, that, that respect has to be there. For example, um, you know, many of you know, I was in a relationship from the moment I was 16 um, for the majority of my adult life. And she passed away. And um, a few things I learned from that relationship. 
number one, it was great that she was already interested in Kriya Yoga and spirituality. So it's not that it was that wasn't an issue in any way, shape, or form. Although I was a little bit fanatic at times and hard on her, which I didn't need to be. Um, but I had other things that were important in my life, and that would cause some stress from time to time. And so uh, being in a, a new relationship now, from the very outset, I explained. I said, "Look." I'm happy to be in a relationship with you. I think you're a beautiful person. Love you. Love your family. But this is what my life is like. I'm committed to teaching Kriya Yoga. I'm committed to meditating this much every day. I'm committed to learning to play this musical instrument. So I'm going to do all that. And then the rest of the time that's available, we'll meet in the middle and we'll do things together, have a good time, enjoy each other's company. And that's the way it's going to be. And if this would not have been accepted, well, let it go because we all have something that we're here to do in life, to realize in life on the, uh, fun, on the uh, mundane plane, I guess you could say. Um, and so having that kind of respect for someone, supporting them in the, the, the growth of that, that is the highest service that you can provide in a relationship. And if people are, are pulling you, oh, but I need more attention, but I need more of this. Well, then they're not autonomous and they're not, they're not doing their own work to be strong within themselves. And this is one of the reasons why um, ideally things like uh, the monastic tradition was created because you are not meant to be married or uh, attached to anything transient, which includes a person in a relationship. Ultimately, first and foremost, God, the divine what you are called to do is the most important thing. And when people have mutual respect for each other and know that that's true, it's never going to be a problem because you're still going to love each other. You're still going to support each other, but you're also going to realize that we are all here for our own growth and our own expression of certain desires, healthy desires, hopefully. Um, and as long as we can do that together, it's wonderful. Um, so when I consider relationships, for them to work in the way they are supposed to traditionally. And I'm, I'm not, I'm not talking about some kind of, um, it, it's all based on my study of the Vedas and based on my study of uh, Vedic astrology and what goes into making a relationship work. Well, it all makes sense to me now after, after considering it. And this is where this information is coming from. Um, because most of us are, are children in adult bodies and we're trying to get things needs met through other people and we need to kind of do it for ourselves. Um, you know, I think about Mr. Davis and his relationship with Willie. She knew that his life was committed to teaching Kriya Yoga. She knew that he's going to go to bed at 7 p.m. every night because he's going to wake up at 3 a.m. and start writing books and um, meditating and preparing for retreats. And every day, that's what happened. Uh, he, he wasn't, he, he didn't mess around. Um, and what I have found in my own relationship is when I started out from the beginning saying, look, these are the boundaries. This is what is important to me. This is what I have to get done before I die. <laughs> because the reason I am here is to realize these things and do these things. And uh, I'm not going to be distracted, but I will love you and I will love your family and I'll support your daughter and we'll have a good time <laughs> as we go. But on the flip side of that, I'm sorry to spend so much time here, but this is something that I've, I've contemplated a lot uh, since Melissa passed. Um, 99% of these situations are due to me wanting to appease my wife and spend time with her, etc. cetera. Um, well, 
one of the things I, I primarily learned from my relationship with Melissa looking back is that I could have been much more relaxed with her. I could have just, you know, if she wanted to go do something together, I didn't have to be like, oh, well, I've got to be all spiritual and go meditate by this time and so on. I could have done these things other, at other points in the day. <laughs> uh, I should have been more easygoing with her and uh, just had a good time with her and her friends. But I would have done it again. This is when I'm free to do it. Otherwise, I'm going to be going to meditate and so on. So you have to have this balance. And all spiritual teachers talk about this, that having a, basically what they say is, decide how much time are you going to spend on socialization? How much time are you going to spend on your spiritual practices? How much time are you going to spend at work? How much time are you going to spend on recreation? Commit to that. Do that. Don't make excuses. And what you'll find is that life becomes orderly. And then the time and social interaction becomes wonderful because you're there. You know that's the time to do it. The time in meditation becomes wonderful because you know this is where I'm supposed to do it. The time in recreation becomes enjoyable. And you're, there aren't these cross, you're not blurring. Uh, things don't become blurred. And a lot of people resist that. They don't want that. Uh, they want to be more free. But of the people I've known and read about, spiritually speaking, they have attested to this. And I have adopted it. And I do it and I see how it actually works. So if your personality wants these blurred lines or, or wants to be more flexible, um, well, do what you're going to do and see what happens. And then one day you'll realize, yeah, I need to tighten it down a little bit. Because eventually what happens is um, when you start working in that way uh, and your main goal is self-realization and awakening and clarity, you find that most of your time actually starts going towards your inner work. And you have absolutely no problem uh, scheduling life in that way. Um, and if other people want to be upset with you with the choices you make, we well, you know that's not your issue. That's theirs. <clears throat> and those people who, who understand what you're doing and who are respectful of other people's times and who aren't needy and who aren't codependent, who aren't trying to just get their own needs met for everyone, they will respect that and honor that and love you for it because you become, in a sense, an inspiration for them. And they see um, just what it's like to live uh, a good life. So these are all things to think, think about. It's interesting that we got on this topic. Another question or a comment, let's see. So this is, this is more of a comment. It's a discussion, again, of relationships. Uh, me and my wife have gone through a lot and over time developed an almost symbiotic relationship. Um, but following this path, uh, the individual, according to his wife, gets up really, really early by her standards. Um, and while this was perceived as negative in the beginning, what happened was is it opened up the possibility for her to develop her own personal interests. And so she found a positive aspect in that. And that's, that's, really, that's really ideal. And of course, I relate to that too. As you've heard me talk about in the book Kriya Yoga Vichara, um, when I first got involved in meditation, I even quit sleeping in the same room with my wife because I wanted to get up early and the slight hurt feelings that caused. But eventually it made sense. Um, and you're going to find that with all healthy relationships. That's been my experience. The best friends that I have are people that know 
that when they need me, really need me, I'll be there and I'll do whatever it takes. I'll, I'll lose sleep. I'll give them money. I'll uh, work hard for them when I know they really need help. Um, I'll be there for them. But otherwise, we just have an, a loose relationship where we spend time together. And when we're there, we're there. We're playing chess. We're going fishing. We're having tea. We're talking. Um, but after that, gone. I go back to work. Forget about them. They go do whatever they're going to do. And then we come back together. And it's like no time has actually passed. Uh, that's, I found that to be true with people whom I'm related to through blood. I have the best relationships in that regard. Uh, people who I have just met whom I've developed friendships with over the years. And the unhealthy relationships are the ones where there's this neediness. Like they need you to be a certain way. They can't stand it if you change a certain way. They can't love you for who you are. You should be free to be whoever you are as long as it's not being actively hurtful to someone else. If you want to go blow all of your savings to follow some dream, and that's really part of your path in life, um, you need to be free to be able to do that, number one, so that you can either accomplish it and then be done with that karma, or number two, fail utterly and realize that was the stupidest thing in the world to do, and then you won't do it again. <laughs> but you need to be free to, to do that. You need to be free to be autonomous. And when you are autonomous human beings interacting with other autonomous human beings, you will never have a sense of obligation that feels like uh, being pulled in a direction you don't want to go. If people need your help, you will be there for them and it won't feel bad. You won't care how, how much sleep you lose. You won't care uh, how much skin you lose. You won't care um, how behind you get on, in your work when they really need you. Um, but it's those, those small relationships that are constantly expecting, needing you to be a certain way. Those are the ones that are gonna be a complete waste of time, too dramatic and get in the way of your, your work. And, and your life is going to go one way or the other. Either you're going to get this and you're going to begin applying it and you're going to see how, yeah, okay, I, I feel it now. I feel that, that, that consistent flow now that I finally made the sacrifices because you have to make sacrifices in this life. Sacrifices are discussed in the Gita and those sacrifices are sacrificing all those things which are getting in your way. You have to make sacrifices in life. It's part of being alive. Um, the idea of making sacrifices in spiritual ceremonies, that's just a metaphor or analogy for the sacrifices you make with your time and your attention to focus on what is important. And any sacrifices you make, uh, they're, they're going to be good sacrifices if they're made in a good spirit with a good intent. Um, and it, it might be that those sacrifices cause you to have difficulty with some of the people in your life. Um, but as I mentioned, as uh, Mitch brought up, we're, we're here, we're different. And if you want to remain caught up in this world, that's your choice. It is perfectly necessary and useful to do your duty here and to be your best person that you can be while you are alive here. But we have to remember that that is not the, the point of it in the same way that you are not meant to stay in third grade, as I said, for the duration of your life. Third grade is a stage. This life, these experiences that you go through, they're stages. They're like going through um, the development of a butterfly from the larva to the cocoon to the actual being that can fly. And it is our attachment to wanting things to stay the same so we feel safe and comfortable in a particular environment that gets us all messed up. 
that's why we have to be able to look forward and constantly be all right with change. If you can take the concept of change and make that as enjoyable and full of love and life as all the stuff you want to hold on to and wish never moved, um, you would be much happier. While you are engaged in this realm, this realm, transient nature, that's the way it is. Nothing stays the same. Everything changes. So if you're going to love God as this realm, you, you, to go to the core of it, it's loving that change and that development. And sometimes you will want to embrace certain steps of change, but other times you're just going to have to make the change and embrace it to the best of your ability and see what happens on the other side. Um, because nothing, nothing is static. Nothing is static in this world. This episode of the Kriya Yoga podcast was made possible by donations from Kriya Yoga apprenticeship students and supporters of our Patreon community at www.patreon.com forward slash Kriya Yoga.